Welcome to the Voices of the Elephant podcast. Each episode of Voices of the Elephant brings you an interview with a member of the PHP community. From project leaders to user group organizers, we talk to the people that are helping make the PHP community special. Welcome to another episode of Voices of the Elephant. My name is Cal Evans. I'm your host, and my special guests today are none other than Mr. Josh Holmes. Say hi to everybody, Josh. Hi to everybody, Josh. That is a bodacious beard, dude. I mean, seriously, that, you, you rock the beard. You, you, well, it's actually, you, I'm, you I'm, I'm feeling a little naked because I cut about a handful off about uh, three weeks ago. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm shy. <laughs> You and Jacques Woodcock, man, y'all, y'all, y'all rock the beards. I, I've still, I just stick with the low maintenance. <laughs> I well, see, see, that's why I do this because keeping it as trim and, and neat as yours, it mm-hmm. just takes so much work. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, um, since we're talking about Sunshine PHP, uh, my special guest host today is none other than Mr. PHP, Sunshine PHP himself, Adam Culp. Say hi to everybody, Adam. Hey, everyone. And, and no, I cannot grow a beard. <laughs> You can't even grow hair on your head, so I can't even grow it on my head, let alone on my face. I threatened to go yeah, bald. See, mine just all fell through and went from the top of the head straight through and out the beard. Yeah. I, I get it. I get a couple patches that are that are somewhat respectable, but then it's all gray and it hides, so it really doesn't matter. <laughs> I threatened to shave my head one time. I got a packet from Kathy's divorce lawyer the next day, so we, we've not made that joke anymore. <laughs> yeah. Josh, you're speaking at Sunshine PHP this year, and we're gonna uh, or next year, and we're gonna talk about that in a minute. But um, let's start off with a little bit. You work with a nonprofit called Tavon. Tell us a little bit about Tavon and the work you're doing with them. I do um, well. So I, first of all, let me, let me let me back up before Tavon even and say um, I found them by working with the Seattle Give Camp. Uh, so if you haven't seen Give Camp before, um, what Give Camp is, is it's a, it's a gathering of geeks on a weekend, um, typically a three-day weekend. Uh, there's been a number of nonprofits to come in, and the geeks get together and try and solve their problems. And some of these problems are as simple as, you know, they have a existing website, and they need to, um, you know, move it into a content management system such as WordPress or something uh, to make it simpler and easier for them to update. Uh, other times it requires a lot of custom development. Hmm. But what we do is we take all the requests for help from all the nonprofits and first of all, we scope them to say, is it accomplishable inside of a weekend? Hmm. And uh, if it is, then we normally will go ahead and take it on. Um, and you know, so the last one that we had was last weekend of October, and we had uh, here in Seattle, um, and we had uh, 15 nonprofits and about 110 geeks. Hmm. And uh, the nonprofits, you know, ranged from the Lalechi League of Seattle to um, the United Indian Tribes, which is all the Indian indigenous. Uh, Indian tribes in the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. to there was a public theater to I mean a whole bunch of different you know types of nonprofits lots of focus on homelessness and on mm-hmm. mental illness um, which both of which are topics that really really touch you know my heart um, one of the projects that we did not accept because it was too big for a weekend was Tavon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I you know long story to get around back around to the original question that you asked. Um, so you and took so, them on because it couldn't be done in a weekend, but it still was important to get done. 
Yes. Okay. So um, as you may or may not know, uh, I, have a, I have a daughter who's 15 um, who has special needs. Um, she said hello to you guys when we were warming up here. <laughs> but uh, someday, you know, she is going to need a place like Tavon. Uh, so Tavon is a day camp for adults with special needs. And so you come in, in in four hour chunks and they've got, you know, art activities, they've got uh, working with, uh, with animals and nature, they've got, you know, uh, all types of different socialization programs and so on. Um, but one of the things that they need is their members, the, the adults with disabilities, mm -hmm. um, sometimes there is a need to communicate with, you know, from the staff to the guardian of that member. Um, and it could be as simple as, um, you know, uh, you know, hey, they had a good day. Um, you know, we ate these things. Um, you know, whatever it happens to be. You know, we played with with this kind of mud. Um, we have this upcoming field trip, and so you know, would you like for them to go on it? Uh, all kinds of different possibilities for what type of messages. Hmm. Um, but these need to be secured. They need to be um, uh, scoped to staff and the guardian of the member. Sometimes they have a lot of have a uh, a bunch of um, uh, volunteers who come in, and so the volunteers need to be able to send a message, but they need to not be able to read the rest of the messages. They also need profile information on the on the uh, members and so on. I um, imagine security is very important on this one. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so. Uh, Long story slightly shorter, um, I put together a, um, a, a group of uh, designers and programmers, and we are working on building out that platform right now. So that's, that's what's taking up my spare time right now. Huh. Well, that's a whole lot better than what's taking up my spare time, which I believe is reruns of Hawaii Five-0. So. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I've done that one too. <laughs> Hey, um, we will throw a link into the show notes for uh, Give Camp Seattle and for Tavon, for those who are interested, especially if they're in the area. Um, I'm sure you could find some um, help or find some places that um, people can help and give back. Absolutely. Um, if they're so. That's part of the reason I talk about it publicly is that I'm always looking for more help. Yeah. And um, yes, I was aware of your daughter because I remember one of the very first live stream experiences I ever saw was you diving into an ice fishing hole for yes. um, support for a, um, a special needs um, charity. And uh, yeah, was, I sat there uh, for 20 minutes waiting and, <laughs> and finally, yes, boom, into the ice you went. <laughs> Absolutely. That was uh, Special Olympics of Michigan back when I lived in Michigan. And um, the, it, it, was, it was kind of fun because the event ro raised $27,000. And my generous friends, many of whom were from the PHP community, hmm. um, we raised six of that 27000 wow. So yeah. over 50 divers. <laughs> that, that is one thing I love about the PHP community is it is a very giving community. Uh, we've Absolutely. had... I've been privileged to be part of uh, several projects where we've been able to help people and the community always steps up and takes care of their own. They do. They do. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're going to get to your talk with um, Sunshine in just a minute. But before we get there, I um, want to talk a little bit about Sunshine PHP. Sunshine PHP 2019 is coming up in February. Adam, what are our dates? So the February 7th is tutorial day and the 8th and the 9th is the regular conference with the breakout sessions all day long. Very cool. And outside of Adam, what's the one talk that you're looking forward to seeing? I'm sorry, outside of Josh, what's the one talk you're looking forward to seeing? 
<laughs> you know what? There are so many awesome talks. It's really hard to nail them down. I mean, uh, you got Lorna talking about uh, talking about APIs and and uh, and sockets, things like that. So mm-hmm. I'd say that's probably a really big one. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it around PHP itself, not really around frameworks, but just around PHP itself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the things that we wanted to focus on was was not so much talking about specific specific things like frameworks we said okay let's leave the frameworks to themselves and let's talk about php development and and the the design and the and the practicality of just using php not that it's anti-framework by any means it's just uh let, let's deal with the nuts and bolts of programming and, and the frameworks will take care of themselves yep bare metal programming so yeah okay thank you for that and josh you're going to be talking about something that's real interesting to me oh hey wait one more. Um, conferences are very important, and I suggest that every PHP developer attend a conference, but it involves a lot of travel, usually time off from work, a lot of logistics. If you can't make it to a conference this year, join us for Day Camp for Developers. You can get more information at daycamp, the number four, developers.com. Josh Holmes was on our very first Day Camp for Developers way back, almost 10 years ago now, Josh. But, it was um, quite a while. I, I remember that actually still pretty uh, pretty clearly. I, uh, Because of my special needs daughter, who was making a ruckus in the house, um, I actually did that talk standing on top of my garage. <laughs> I remember that. And, and you literally phoned it in because you dialed in on your phone and did the talk and had the video, the, the slides on the video. So absolutely, we, we've had some good times, Josh. We really have. But we have another event coming up in January. We'd love to have you there. But we are always planning another event. So go out to the website, join our mailing list and find out what's coming up next. Okay, Josh, you're talking about something that is really important for the next few years at least, okay? Now, I would say it's going to be really important for a long time, but sometimes these fads come and go. We we really don't know. But you're talking about progressive web apps. Before you talk about your talk, give us the, the thumbnail. What is a progressive web app? Well, so a progressive web app, um, PWA for for you know the the acronym, you know people who really like acronyms, the, the PWAs. Um, what it is is it starts off with your website, and so you know hopefully you know and if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you have built a website. The good news is you've done ninety percent of the work that it requires in order to make a progressive web app already. Just wow. step one is build a site. Um, step two is um, that you know, what we're going to do next is we're going to start blurring the lines between website and application running on your desktop or, or mobile phone. Hmm. And so, um, you know, the next thing that you need to do is make sure that it's secure. And so you put it on under uh, HTTPS, um, which, you know, there's lots of different ways to do that. You know, my favorite one for non-financial apps, so apps that are not taking money, but just you know, applications in general is, is let's encrypt. Mm-hmm. I know Cal, you're a big fan of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now that you've got a website that is running under HTTPS, the next thing you need to do is add a manifest. And it's a JSON file, simple JSON file called manifest.json. And that you drop at the root of where you would like for the application to be. And so if that is at, you know, calevans.com slash manifest.json, well, then your entire website will be included in that, that PWA. Um, if you, you know, put it under calibus.com slash some name, you know, voices of the elephant mm-hmm. slash manifest.json, 
then that becomes the root of the of the progressive web app. Okay, um, and so so at that point, what's in the manifest tells the browser how to treat you as an application. So it tells you how to install you. Install you. It includes things like metadata about what's in the title bar at the top, what's the icon that's going to be you know listed you know not only on the taskbar but also you know as the icon on the app that comes up. It tells you know do you want to run in a full browser context with the menus and the address bar and all that kind of stuff as if it was a website, or do you want a minimal UI which sheds all of that extra stuff. And, um, you know, which until there was a browser called Chrome, we would call the Chrome of the application. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, so but it, it strips away all that and allows the website itself to run as an application in a full frame. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's what's in the manifest. Uh, there's a handful of other things, but basically you're declaring to the browser, um, this is how I want to be treated as an application. Then at that point, you have a progressive web app. And so anybody in Chrome can go in and do a click install from browser or on the current Microsoft platform, um, there's a utility called PWA Builder. And it's at pwabuilder.com. And uh, just go to there, plug in your URL, and it'll actually walk you through all the steps that you would need in order to get from a standard website to a progressive web app. Wow. including kicking out the APK that could go into the Android store, the Apex that goes into the Microsoft store, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So it creates the packaging to put into all the different stores. And then once it's installed, it still runs in a browser context. Um, and you as a developer have done nothing different than a normal website. Okay. Now, so if a PWA will run, it runs in a browser. So I assume that, the difference between a PWA and a native web, uh, native app is um, you're still running in a, a sandbox. Yes. Okay. You're running so, in a browser sandbox. So if you need access to the things that you can't get in a sandbox, then PWA is not for you. Correct-ish. Mostly correct-ish. <laughs> as, 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 as he sighs a little bit, Cal sighs a little bit. So... Um, <laughs> On the Microsoft platform, going through PWA Builder um, and installing from the store gives you an elevated level of trust, which means that you can call some of the WinRT capabilities inside of the um, uh, inside of the operating system. Oh, okay. Um, and so you have access to things like the uh, timeline, which is a new feature in Windows 10, and so on and so forth. So you've got a few extra things you have access to, mm -hmm. but in general, your application is going to behave exactly the same way it does on the website. Okay. Um, it just, you have a, and this part of the progressive part of it is that you can progressively enhance beyond that slightly, mm -hmm. um, simply by, you know, doing the, the install from the, from the store, which gives you a little bit of, you know, a, a, an extra level of trust and a little bit of an elevator. Now, is this just the next iteration of the responsive web? Kind of. So, I mean, you know, and, and when I started started with the, um, you know, you start with your website, mm -hmm. it works best if your application is already responsive. If okay. your application is already, um, you know, on mobile, it looks like a mobile uh, application. On, you know, desktop, it looks like a desktop application. You know, if you've already built that in, then it works better, mm -hmm. right? There's one other thing that I haven't talked about yet, which is um, another feature that you know came along at the same time as progressive web apps and really enable a lot of functionality 
But again, it's not specific to PWAs. It just came along at the same time and really, really enhances the experience. And that's called Service Worker. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Service Worker basically is a background thread for your application. Mm -hmm. in, in, in a nutshell, that's what it is. Um, and so it's a JavaScript file, serviceworker.js. You drop on your, on your system, and it gives you a couple of different uh, functions. The most important one, in my opinion, is it gives you a proxy. And so every network call that is made, so if you request an image, or if you request a CSS file, or if you are, you know, any network request made from that page goes through this one method. Mm. And then, and what you're able to do is in that method, you're able to say, do I already have this cached? If so, serve it from cache. If I don't, go get it from the, from the network. That's got to save a lot of bandwidth. It, it can absolutely save a lot of bandwidth. Um, the other thing it does is it enables offline capabilities. Mm. Once the application has been loaded, at that point, all of the requests are already, you know, have already been run through this and you can cache them, hmm. right? Which means you can cache not just images and CSS, but if you make an Ajax call and get back, a, you know, a bunch of JSON, you can cache that object as well. Oh, okay. Right, so you can do all kinds of stuff that's offline with that one method, and mm -hmm. now you can do offline without Service Worker. You know, using you know, um, uh, you know, local and 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 whatnot. But uh, Service Worker just makes it so much easier. And you write your normal application and application browsers that don't support Service Worker. You, it'll just be an online application. If it does support Service Worker, then you have the ability to do caching offline, which all the major browsers, latest versions of them, all supported at this point in time. So, you know, you're in good shape to go ahead and start using that. Um, so that's the first thing that Service Worker does. The second thing it does is, as a background thread and as an asynchronous thread, um, it can actually be running and receive push notifications. Wow. And so your application can feel actually like an application receiving push notifications and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. That is very so, cool. Now you can also um, you can also put a icon on the home screen, just like a um, a regular mobile app. Correct? Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay. And so, so to the to the developer, it feels like they're building a website. Mm -hmm. To the user, it feels like they're using an application. Very neat. It is cool, and okay. I I love this because as browsers are getting more and more powerful. Um, applications built on top of the browser are getting more and more powerful. And so the reality is that it will, you know, PWAs will support a, you know, large percentage of the use cases of the world. Mm -hmm. Are you going to go build your high performance first person shooter as a, you know, browser app? Probably not. <laughs> but how many of those do you build a year? Yeah. <laughs> Very few uh, compared to the number of content first sites that I have built. Um, yeah, so any of those can be progressive web apps. And this will lower the barrier of entry for a lot of people into getting to mobile apps because they don't have to, they can use all the stuff that they already know. So, um, and um, not have to learn new, new programming languages and paradigms just to compile into applications. Because like you said, um, most of the stuff, most of the time we're not writing first person shooters. And so, you know, if, if, if performance is not, critical, mission critical, and I'm talking real-time metrics and things like that, that kind of performance, um, then this sounds like it's going to be a very good thing. And I honestly hope it um, sticks around 
like I said, Absolutely. sometimes these fads come and go um, faster than we can write talks about them, but I hope right. this one sticks around. Now, speaking of well, talks. Yeah, let, 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 let me just uh, okay. tell you what, one, one progressive web app that we built recently. Oh, okay. uh, it's actually at Seattle Give Camp, so tie into the beginning here. <laughs> so one of the companies, uh, nonprofits that submitted is a, uh, an art journal uh, promoting arts in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. And it's called imagejournal.org. And um, they sent in a uh, request that said, you know, they wanted to build a, um, uh, an app that had a, you know, a, a, some portion of their content uh, surfacing, the ability to serve that from a back end. Uh, they needed it to be behind a paywall. Um, they needed um, push notifications and a whole bunch of other stuff. And so the, the other guys that were on the, the selection committee were going, wow, so we're going to have to go build a Java app and an Objective-C app. Um, or, or Swift, and you know, like there's no way that we can accomplish this in a weekend. Mm. And, and I was like, wait, hang on. And I went and looked at their website. It's like, well, they're already running on WordPress. Here, 30 seconds later, I found Super PWA, which is a WordPress plugin yeah. that <laughs> gives you your service worker and your manifest ready to go. Wow. <laughs> and then there's a, I, I forget the name of the service, but there's a service that allows you to do push notifications and that's if they've got a free tier that is uh, I, I forget how many push notifications per user per uh, per month mm-hmm. um, and then they've got a paid tier which is more push notifications than that and you get support as well um, and so we went from this is not accomplishable in the weekend to these guys were done Friday evening about three hours after we started. Wow. The biggest that hassle is... that they had was finding the credentials to log into the iOS store so they could push their package there. <laughs> <laughs> that is phenomenal. And you hit the nail on the head um, in just in passing that all of these things run on a backend. They have to have a backend yes. application. And that's why PWAs are important to PHP developers because yes. we can build backends all day long. That's where PHP starts to shine is that rumor. building things like <laughs> yeah. that. So um, that's going to be important. Okay. Um, let's, since you ruined my last one where I talked about writing talks and then right into your talk, let's, yes. Let's not do a quite as cool of a segue, but let's talk a little bit. How does this apply to your talk? You've got performance tuning, um, your, prog- your progressive web app. Um, give us a, a little taste of what's going to be in that talk. So, um, well, first of all, I'll talk about PWAs. So if you mm-hmm. listen to this, you'll get more information even than I've given in the last five minutes or so in my talk. Um, and we'll show some demos and some examples and that kind of stuff. Um, but then we start stepping into why performance matters. And there's a number of things that, that um, you know, I start talking about there. And, you know, one of those is, you know, just as a sample, um, the uh, Amazon, uh, the delay in loading a page is the, the number one time when people abandon a shopping cart. Mm. And Amazon has figured out that one second lag is worth about $1.6 billion in sales. Wow. So yeah, I guess it is kind of important. <laughs> that's a that's a that's it's kind of a big deal, right? And so um, and it does that because you know one per one second delay can reduce conversion by about seven percent on average, mm. right? And so uh, I know you're not building Amazon. However, um, for a online shop that's in the hundred thousand uh, dollar a day range, it's about um, uh, two point five million a year in sales. Yeah. So. 
that, that scales down nicely to, to affect everybody. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, I want to talk about how we can fix that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so in the talk, we talk about everything from uh, HTTP uh, 1.1 versus 2.0. Um, and, you know, how do, you know, so starting at the very, very lowest levels of how do we communicate back and forth from the server and how do we optimize that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, start talking about how the DOM performs and how the DOM is going to be, you know, how you're parsing out your HTML into the DOM tree and how the CSS tree and in, in the CSS cascade, you know, affect that, how JavaScript affects that. Um, how simple things like where you put your JavaScript in your HTML file can actually dramatically affect your performance time. Hmm. Um, you know, start talking about things like uh, how do image load times uh, matter? You know, should you know, can you use a CDN? How should you use a CDN? Um, when should you not use a CDN? Uh, but then also things like um, how do you optimize the images? So should you use um, uh, GIF or GIF, depending on you know what part of the country you're from and which religions you follow? <laughs> uh, should you use JPEG? Should you use um, you know OGS? Uh, should you you know what type of images should you use under different types of circumstances? Because it does actually fairly dramatically uh, make a difference. Um, a lot of this detail I got from working very closely with a friend of mine who runs the 10K Apart. Have you seen 10K Apart? No. 10K Apart is kind of cool. Um, it is a, a competition to build the coolest website that you can that delivers a payload of less than 10K. Oh, wow. Now, are they part of the list apart? Yes. Yes, okay. they're part of the list apart. Same, same group runs that um, uh, but they've got a committee that specifically runs the 10K apart and a guy named Aaron Gustafson um, is on that committee and he's a good friend and coworker uh, at Microsoft. Hmm. We'll throw a link into the, in the show notes for that so people can go um, check it out. Yeah. Well, that's, so that's all the kind of stuff that I'm going to be talking about. Also, how to do, you know, how to build in fault tolerances, how to build in uh, conditionals, how to build in media queries, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, see, I could sit here and talk all day. We could do your entire talk here, but we got to cut Absolutely. it. Um, we're, we're, we're actually... I, I, I'm deliberately not stealing all the thunder from the talk so that we have something for Adam at Sunday. <laughs> I, I was already excited for this talk, and now I'm just jittering. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, and this is, this is on my list of can't miss. So um, I want to thank the both of you for taking the time to be with us here today on Voices of the Elephant. Hey, audience, thank you for taking the time to, to watch this. I hope you've learned something. I know I have learned something. And we'll see you here or right here next week on Voices of the Elephant. Thanks for listening to Voices of the Elephant. Voices of the Elephant is copyright EICC Incorporated and released under a Creative Commons attribution, no derivatives, share and share alike license. To nominate someone to be a guest on Voices of the Elephant, visit our website and click on the nominate link. The URL is voicesoftheelephant.com. Elephant is of course spelled E-L-E-P-H-P-A-N-T.